everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is Coffee and Capes, our podcast where we talk about two of our most favorite things, drinking coffee and all things geek culture. We do. We do. Coffee. Cheers, Dave. Cheers to coffee. Yay, coffee. Keeps us going. Yeah. We are enthusiasts. That's our favorite word about to describe how we relate to coffee and comics and geek culture. Uh, um, I think it also probably explains, uh, it's a really good descriptor as to why we can't keep our mouths shut about spoilers. That's correct. Uh, yes. Just know this going in every single time when we're reviewing something, we blow right through all spoilers. So <laughs> here's your here's your alert right now. <laughs> we haven't even told you what we're talking about but there's going to be spoilers. The no spoiler etiquette line exists like really close to us. And by the time we're done with the show, we have gone so far past it. <laughs> like, so uh, yeah, this is our one piece of bad etiquette. Anyway, um, Dave, what is on our agenda today? Well, should we talk about some coffee before we get into? Uh... Yeah. So our coffee line launches in two weeks. Two weeks. Um, yeah. So exciting. So we have these amazing cups. If you would like a cup, reach out to us and let us know. Um, happy to get you a cup. And uh, today we'll talk about, we have, yes, heroically, heroically great coffee. Heroically great coffee uh, is our happy little tagline that we like to use. Um, and today we're gonna talk about one of our roasts. And if you give me just a second, I had it pulled up and then it went away. Um, Technology is great when it works. I know, right? So I think that, you know, probably this one makes the most sense. And when we're talking about the subject that we're going to talk about today, right? So we have our dynamic duo roast, which is, uh, you know, pretty amazing if you know about why that would be. It, we refer to it as the perfect roast to share with your favorite sidekick, podcast co host significant other comic book enthusiasts. Uh, if you're one of those like Dave and I have done previously in the past that gets so excited, you get up and go to the 3 a.m. showing of, uh, which movie was that? Technically it was 4 a.m. Of, uh, of Endgame. Endgame, right. So it's the perfect roast for that. It is a it dark really roast. Is. Yeah, uh, dark roast, fair trade. It has a medium acidity, full body, smooth chocolatey finish. Uh, I don't know about any of you guys, but I do enjoy a little bit of chocolate in uh, taste in my coffee. As long as it's so, a smooth chocolatey finish. None of those rough chocolatey finishes. None of those rough chocolatey finishes. No. That's no point. Uh, so keep an eye out for it. The Dynamic Duo Dark Roast uh, will be live in two weeks at our website, coffee, the letter N capes.com so great Look, you can find that in the it. yeah you can find that link in uh the description of the podcast or if you're on instagram it's in our link tree um, go check it out sign up also on the coffee uh launch thing we have a contest our coffee and capes launch giveaway contest we've got a couple main prizes uh, one of those prizes involves a Samsung Galaxy tablet and a year subscription to the Marvel Unlimited app. What? So, 
I know, right? It's crazy. You also get some coffee, a uh, to-go tumbler from us. And then in the other prize package, we've got some great stuff. Um, Tyler from at TM underscore comics on Instagram is contributing to that prize package. You get some coffee from us. And then uh, our favorite people over at Lady Bird Provisions, Nicole and Sarah, are kicking in some coffee bombs again. Thanks, and Nicole and Sarah. Everybody, yeah, thanks, you guys. And then we're also raising money for Feeding America through that. So you can get 20 entries by uh, donating as little as a dollar to Feeding America. We're trying to raise um, 2000 but you know every little bit helps. We're super grateful when people donate. If you want to enter the contest, however, you do not have to donate. It is not a requirement. You just get like 20 extra entries for donating. Um, and you can find the link for the contest. It'll be in the YouTube description for this episode. It'll be in our, it's in our link tree, uh, the link in Instagram. It is in, it will be in the uh, Facebook post as well. So it'll be kind of all over. And you can find us in all those places. And, you know, if you do make a donation, you will be a hero to the nearly 40 million of our neighbors here in the U.S. that are experiencing hunger scarcity. And yeah, like uh -huh. any rational, normal human being, we think that's 40 million too many. And I'm sure you do, too. So it's a, a small way that we can help provide some meals for for folks that need the, the need the food. So we hope you'll donate um, and we hope you'll enter the, the contest. And thank you for doing all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just so you know, uh, for every dollar donated to Feeding America, they can provide 10 meals. To that's families. amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Right. That's that's pretty legit. So it's a great thing. Um, what's next, Dave? What we got going on? Well, I think we got all the propers out of the way. Right. You can find us in all those places. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. Hi. Hello. Uh, our next segment is our recurring segment is uh, fan fiction, where we like to highlight a, a comment or an interaction that we've had with somebody on all of one of our many, many channels. What yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny. So Dave and I both uh, go to a CrossFit gym, CrossFit Thunderbolt out here in Oswego, Illinois. Um, hi, Scott. Shout out I'm to Molly on. and Scott. You guys are the best. Yeah. Shout and out everybody to, else there. Uh, yeah, everybody else is great. It's a fantastic community. But uh, it, it's the CrossFit Open, and it's interesting. This, this uh, comment comes a little bit timely around that because it comes from a guy named Tommy Marquez on Instagram. Tommy Marquez, is, he used to work for CrossFit HQ. They have, uh, he and Sean Woodland have a podcast called uh, Talking Elite Fitness. Great podcast if you're in the CrossFit. He's uh, been at the games announcing and uh, part of the media for years and just a great guy also fellow nerd and geek sean woodland also a great guy love listening to them highly recommend it but on the riddler post that we posted this last week around the joker uh, around the joker around the batman uh tommy chimed in and said loved it front to back i might like it more than the dark knight Ledger's Joker was all time, but the movie and the Nolan trilogy was largely by its villains and antagonists. The tone, cinematography, and unpolished nature of this Batman and Gordon was so good in the detective noir type style. Modeling this Riddler after the Zodiac Killer gave a more true to life feel to the character as well. Man, first of all, 
little bit like might stir up a little controversy with some people to say uh-huh. that it was better than the dark night um we'll get into that a little bit later but i i agree with a lot of what you said the uh the noir style was really apparent like yes. really really apparent and paul dano as the riddler and the way that they did the riddler this time around we we talked about this you know so good like just yeah so absolutely good. um so thanks tommy for uh for that comment yeah really appreciate it appreciate you interacting and following and giving us a listen absolutely appreciate it i i think um one of the things that to me one of the things that made batman begin so good is that it was to, i thought it was more focused on batman and not so much focused on the villain so that might be a point in which i would disagree just a little bit with tommy but i i i understand the sentiment and uh and as we'll see i i think it compares very favorably to uh to some of the nolan stuff too yeah yeah speaking of yeah so shocking nobody john and i saw the batman yeah it was so Uh, good i'm gonna go see it again this weekend nice yes uh i have not seen it a second time definitely want to um but we are going to talk about the batman not just batman the batman the batman right yeah um and again spoilers abound so yeah. if you haven't seen it yet and you want to maintain your spoiler innocence, you probably should pause right now and go see the movie and then come back and listen to what we have to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because we are going to blow through this thing and talk about it all. Yeah, um, we will spoil the bleep out of it. Yeah. So my, I, I'm going to say this right up front. I was so nervous about this movie. Sure. Yes. Because as we've Uh, talked about multiple times, including just last week, DC's track record, pretty meh. Right. DC's track record, pretty meh. Uh, Really, what I thought initially was an odd casting for Batman. Robert Pattinson, right, I, I think immediately brings up for most of us the sparkly vampire in Twilight guy. Right. That's right. that's what it became known for. Um, and it's really easy to just kind of be like, really? I mean, that was my reaction. I was like the Twilight guy. Yeah. And he's been in a lot of stuff since most more little, yeah. sm- little bit smaller movies, perhaps certainly mm-hmm. nothing like huge studio, you know, franchise thing like this. Um, and I'll admit I have I've heard good reviews about a lot of them. I have not seen most of them. Yeah, when, so somebody, I was talking to somebody about the casting and they said, hey, you should go and watch some of the other stuff he's done since Twilight. It's darker, it's grittier, he's, you know, um, he's done some really great stuff and he's and he's a really strong, solid actor. Right. Like, all right, I mean, I'll check it out. And I did, I, I checked out, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but... I was surprised, pleasantly surprised at his ability to portray someone who, you know, was not the like teen heartthrobby, like ethereal, everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's Robert Pattinson. It was not like people would not be doing that during the movie. Right. Um, I hear really good things about The Lighthouse. I need to, I have not seen that. I need to see. I haven't seen that either with him and Willem Dafoe. Yeah. He had the Batman and the, and, the goblin (laughs) um 
He was in Tenant. He was in Tenant. He was good in Tenant. So mm-hmm. I, I liked him in Tenant as well. I forgot he was in Tenant. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, that was a little bit nerve wracking. Um, however, I was so excited to see Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She was terrific. She did not disappoint either. No, not at all. Uh, and, you know, we got um, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. I think that was an inspired choice. That guy's good in everything he does. Everything. Uh, Westworld, he is so right. good in Westworld. Man, but everything he does, you're right. Yeah, even even stuff that's bad. I watched Hold the Dark, the Netflix movie the other day. It's trash and makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. But he's good in it. <laughs> no, it Jeffrey literally makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, and then how about Colin Farrell as Penguin? Oh, okay. I'm a big Colin Farrell fan. Like, I, I've seen Colin Farrell in a lot of stuff outside of, you know, his portrayal of Bullseye and the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Um, he was in The Gentleman, which is a Guy Ritchie movie starring Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So good in that movie. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a great movie. A great, great movie. And he was awesome in it. Um I saw him in the lobster. Had, I thought that was really, really weird and not as good as I, I was promised. That one. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't see that one. But he's done he's done a lot of stuff that I For really sure. enjoy him in. Yeah. His portrayal of penguin was well, let, let's talk about the people in it and then we can talk about, I guess, the movie. So who else did we have in it? We had um mm. And then Paul Dano is the Riddler. Right. Uh, and then we had John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. We got Andy Serkis, like actually in person and not uh, and not just doing a golem suit or whatever. The cap- right. stop capture motion stuff. Um, Which is what he means. Alfred. For. Right. Yeah. He's uh, so good at Alfred, by the way. Yeah. A subdued role, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of like different ways they looked at the relationships that Bruce has. And mm-hmm. um, we'll get into that stuff. So, and then I think the other big one, Peter Sarsgaard as uh, the district attorney. Coulson. Yeah. Which he wasn't in for very long. No, but he but made an impact. Yeah. He did make an impact, right? Significant impact. Um, so Dave, let's just dive in. Yeah, uh, Robert Pattinson is the Batman. Holy geez. Matt Reeves as the director, first of all, had a vision and just stuck to it. And man, what a good job. Yeah, I think this, we talked last week, was that last week, I think, about the the whole cinematography thing. And well, I'm certainly no expert about what that means. My understanding of like the look, the look and the feel. So cinematography, Mm -hmm. maybe lighting, the mood that that stuff creates. This movie had it in spades, man. This movie was so good. Oh, yeah. Like it, it looked dark and gloomy, and it was like raining just about all the time. Um, yeah. A lot of kind of red undertones. It just made it kind of creepy. It just, like you said, it had that sort of noir feel to it that I thought really, really worked for the detective story. I love that it was a mostly a detective story that we haven't seen that so much on screen with Batman. It was an it was an interesting evolution of him as a detective, right? Um, in in my opinion, like 
and as a character, as a character, so this is, it's fair to say, you know, we should point out that this is early on in his time as Batman. Like he's only two years into being Batman, but there's, right. you know, they didn't do an origin, which no, thank you. I mean, we don't have to rehash every time we reboot a movie. We don't have to rehash the origin of it. And of course, they reference it because they have to, but we sure, didn't spend yeah, didn't spend a lot of time on it, and kind of gave it a little different spin as well. Different spin, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I appreciated. Man, I, I tell you, there's a scene that sticks out for me, and it was in the trailer, and it's fine that it was in the trailer. But that scene where he's coming for, I think he's coming for Falcone, um, and he's going through, and it's dark and everybody's shooting at him and it's yeah. just muzzle flashes as he's moving forward through everything. And the muzzle flash is the only thing creating light in the hallway that he's walking through. Yeah. And it's just, there were some really great parts of this. We talked about last week as well. One of the things that I really enjoyed was the tone they said at the very beginning of the movie where the bat signals in the sky, he's doing a little bit of narration and people are committing crimes, but then all of a sudden, like they look up and see the bat signal in the sky and they're looking down these dark, dark alleys and these pitch dark areas and you can see fear. Yes. Like just- They never know where he's gonna be. He can't be everywhere, but he might be in that shadow coming for you. Right. And he's brutal. It's yeah. important to point out, like this is the, in my opinion, the most savage and brutal version of the Batman we've seen yet. I mean, he's definitely more so than, than the Christian Bale version. I don't know. Like if you think about a couple of those um, scenes with Ben Affleck in Batman V Superman, he's pretty brutal in that too. He is, but I don't know. I still think, I think maybe yeah. because this felt more grounded yep in reality as opposed in to reality. like a huge comic book like yeah right. i hear you yeah his moves weren't like otherworldly like he's right. and he man that scene where in the beginning he was taking on what we assumed to be like a group of people that were joker disciples yeah um and he beats that first guy like it doesn't stop no yeah like that... he's down on the ground like he's not you know in the past even with the ben affleck stuff he takes somebody out and he leaves them. Right. Robert Pattinson took that guy down and hit him. I don't know how many additional times. Yeah. To make his point. Like you saw. To create that fear. And you saw it in, the, the, yeah. in the, the rest of the gang reacting. The other thing that I, I, I think that this brings up for me too. And I don't know what you thought about it. Robert Pattinson had like just the most intense eyes under the cowl, like all business, no, like his stare, like you yeah. look at it, look at it in right. our pictures. Like right. if you tilt off a little bit to the side, like that was his look the entire time. Like that's a very, I'm not here to play with you. Look, we're not that's going correct. to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's um, great. I, I can't argue that he's, is effectively brutal mm -hmm. in a way that makes sense for a guy who's still creating his uh making his yeah. mark in the yeah. in gotham 
Yeah. And, you know, as the movie evolved, it was, it was really interesting. One of the, one of the complaints that I saw somebody making a, in a review was that there was no Bruce Wayne. There was very little like Bruce Wayne. There was no playboy, you know, Bruce right. Wayne to it. But in the terms of this, this stage of Batman, he didn't care. Right. You know? He, he wasn't, like you pointed out, what was the line from uh, John Turturro when Bruce Wayne shows up at his... Door? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they show up at the at the funeral and uh, and Carmine Falcone says to him as Bruce Wayne, like, oh, look, this funeral brought out the one guy who's more reclusive in Gotham than me. Yeah. Indicating that Bruce Wayne has not been gallivanting around, has not been seen in public. And there, I think there were a couple other things like the reaction to the press or whatever at that moment trying to get a, a word from it, it it really drove home at least i thought that idea that bruce wayne has not been a public figure yeah his and you know he was in a very different emotional state um because his interaction with alfred for most of the part was very dismissive very like you know stop trying to ground me in reality stop trying to slow me down stop trying to pull me back well and you know, what caught me was the, what really kind of hit that home for me and where Batman was in his journey and in becoming who he's going to become, we assume, because there is a sequel that's been greenlit, was, you know, he needed cufflinks for something. (laughs) And Alfred said, here, take mine. And he looks down and he's like, you know, they were cufflinks like his, they had a W on them. Like, oh, are you a Wayne now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Makes that comment, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of snide and snarky and kind and of crappy, actually. Dismissive. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Alfred's response was, your father gave me these. Yeah. You know, and, and that was, we've never seen, I, I can't think of any, any time in any of the Batman franchises that we've seen that kind of dismissiveness from Bruce Wayne to Alfred, like that level of like, almost, almost like you're a servant. Yeah. So be a servant, right? Uh, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Irons had years of working, you know, Batman together and they had that banter that went back and forth, but there was still respect. For sure. It and Ben Affleck and Michael Caine were, you know, they definitely had the, the witty repartee thing going. Um, yeah. But not none of that here. There, there was none of that here. It's just not early on. Even a little bit of mistrust. Yeah. A little bit of mistrust. That played out um, when, you know, again, spoilers here, but it played out when Alfred was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like it right. took that moment for Bruce to realize, oh gosh, I really do care about this guy. And right. Yeah. When he's in the hospital and he yeah. realized like, I like this person matters. And that's when we started to see a, a different evolution. Like there, there became this evolution um, that we'll get to, I think in a little bit. Uh, so phenomenal job by Robert Pattinson, and Matt Reeves to bring yeah. just a, a, a vicious, but to your point, a detective movie to the screen right um i was personally the most impressed with the way that they did the riddler 
um because the riddler in in like other movies has, has been a punchline right. right almost um jim carrey's portrayal was very over the top you know as that movie itself was and he's um, going to be i mean you don't cast jim carrey to be that character to have him be all like right. serious but yeah. But right, yeah, we're used to, and, and in all the comics, a lot of times too, he's kind, he's pretty much of a joke, and even among know, other criminals, like yeah. other criminals, kind of consider him to be man. I, I think the probably the most intelligent we've seen the Riddler was probably in Hush, the Hush storyline, yeah, right, where he kind of manipulated that whole situation. Right. And we got to see, but it, historically, yeah, he's always been kind of like a, a joke, riddle me this, yeah. you know, and uh, this time around. No, this was, this was hardcore. And speaking of, that was one of the um, complaints that I saw online was, oh my gosh, this was not family friendly. Yeah, no, it truly, truly is not. This is yeah, not no, a Batman movie to take your eight-year-old to. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely not. And that got established. I mean, right away. Not, yeah. Yeah. With Riddler With, just in the dark, like all of a sudden there's a flash of lightning or whatever, and you see him there. And oh my gosh, like brutally murders the dude. It had, it's closer to me in feel to the movie Seven. Yeah. Than to like any of the Batman movies that have come before it. I totally agree. And as uh, Tommy said in our fan fiction there, like, or also reminiscent of Zodiac. We more Zodiac, like Zodiac yeah. and Seven than Batman and Robin with the, you know, I'm going to put you on ice and the nipples. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing jokey about this movie. There are a couple of light moments and a couple of funny moments, but it's, there's nothing light about it. Yeah. No, the, the only like moment where I thought I was going to laugh out loud was that penguin moment where they dumped him off. Yeah. Right. And he's, and he was bound by his hands and he's and bound by his ankles. So he's, and he's like, you guys are just going to leave me here. And he had to kind of like kind of waddles. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, that was funny. Um, right. But at that stage of the movie, <laughs> you had been like hammered uh -huh. by watching the Riddler murder people in horribly brutal ways. horrific ways i mean he took that one he took the one face cage thing straight out of george orwell in 1984 right like the, the right. rats in the cage like it's very saw-esque yes true yeah right there's like like pieces of like the saw movies like you know just man paul dano first of all the way they they like dressed up the riddler Mm -hmm. with, and you can uh, see it on your background there like, right yeah a little bit i guess yeah a little bit right yeah like he didn't have the the you know what we're used to seeing edward nigma in which is like the bowler hat and he's yeah. got the cane and he wears a suit this was creepy creepy serial murder guy right and like all taped up to presumably not put off any dna evidence or something yeah very smart yeah and I, but I really like the glasses on the outside of the, of yes. the mask. Like there's something about that look that, I mean, obviously somebody who's going to do this is not all there, but it just, it's just a little touch 
that makes you go, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. And this guy's not all there. No. And you thought, at least I thought early on that he was, you know, it would be easy to dismiss him as kind of just a kook. Um, But clearly he was, you know, playing a game. Like he had a game that he was playing and he, despite Batman's evolution, like showing Batman as the detective and kind of that evolution of becoming even an even better detective. Like he was starting to kind of go through that. This was probably like that, that case that really pushed him. The Riddler had them every step of the way. They, he walked them into every single situation like for sure it yeah, was always three steps ahead yeah always three steps ahead like even when they caught him right even when they caught him he he was you know multiple back steps the rug ahead. and he'd already set that whole thing up yeah who knows how long before right yeah um and it was just he he was creepy the way they'd set up his voice the weird lighting and videos right just like everything and to your point it was enhanced by the cinematography and the art direction because it was just this dark rainy unhappy place yeah and yet i think the videos that riddler posted that they showed in the movie deep down he's a guy searching for belonging and community like every mm-hmm. other human being he just went about it in a really 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 horrible terrible awful murderous way right well because and he was broken right he yeah. spent time in a in a broken system for orphans that ravaged him i mean his story about when he was explaining life in the orphanage yeah Ugh. right that was horrible yeah that would, that would break anybody yeah and and so it wasn't surprising that he came out of it um all messed up but man yeah he did he did great um let's talk about the penguin before we get to like catwoman because the penguin's getting his own show and i think it has the potential to be a really interesting show because the the makeup that they put on this was a really sharp well done penguin yeah and you to me you couldn't even tell that it was colin Farrell. and i've heard some complaints about that that oh it's too much prosthetics too much makeup can't even tell i liked that i don't want to sit there thinking oh hey look there's colin farrell yeah it, it would have taken out of it i agree i don't know why that would be a complaint that that's like the people that complain oh it's three hours okay so like i don't understand why you care how long it is yeah. unless you don't like. i mean if you just don't like it then it doesn't matter if it's 90 minutes or if it's three hours yeah. like if it's not what you wanted to see yeah it wasn't what you wanted to see right so uh, i thought penguin was great it was a a little a little bit of not quite levity but something approaching levity in the movie sometimes you yeah i think what his motivation is whose side is he on like they kind of played that like probably is just out for himself but is he the rat is he not yeah that was that was interesting like that was the one that like batman gets stumped on yeah right who is who is the rat and that really challenged his his skills as a detective and made him kind of like stretch that and realize, Oh, I got to be smarter. Um, 
you know, even at the end when he's talking to uh, Riddler in, in Arkham and, and the Riddler looks at him, he goes, oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it did take him, it did take Batman a little too long to come to the realization that a flying rodent, that a bat is also a flying rodent. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would have been a natural connection. But they did a really nice job of misdirection, though, in a number oh, of sure. areas, too, right? Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, so the Penguin, I thought, was great. I, I absolutely think it was phenomenal. And the car chase scene, again, even though we saw the conclusion of that, or mostly the conclusion of that in the in the trailer, that was so well done and so fun. Yeah. And, uh, and I like the way it was shot. The, from behind you know to, or uh penguin always looking behind him and and uh batman always looking forward and just that whole the point of view from those things was great and oh. the batmobile was fun like it wasn't you know right. comic book super supercar or some humongous tank it was a souped up car maybe a, i'm not a and, car guy but maybe a charger or something like that it was so good it, it was so good and when he was sitting in it like the first time we saw it in action and he's yeah. revving the engine and all it is is that red glow from underneath mm -hmm. the hood and the lights that if you're a criminal i mean i sat there and i was like oh that's so good it's so scary like so creepy looking there was there was that Very intimidating yeah right and, and not intimidating because Everybody was like, oh, it's Batman. Because there were very clear moments that people weren't intimidated by him, too. Right? True. They thought they could they could take him. And it, so it wasn't always, oh, it's Batman and we should be scared. Sometimes it was like, okay, that's just scary. Like that's just a, right. that's just a, a scary moment on screen. It was they didn't shy away from making Batman scary too. Right. And that was his point. He was trying to be scary mm -hmm. in the first like three quarters of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I do, another complaint I've heard was, well, there's not enough action. In fact, right away, the, the, uh, the guy that was sitting next to us that we talked to a little bit, um, he said, you know, not really enough action. I'm like, well, that's, uh, it's true. There wasn't a ton, but I thought the action there was, was top notch. Yeah. I thought that there was, so if we're talking about it in terms of kind of where, we think it ranks, right? I put it really close to the dark now, personally. I, I mean, really close. And if we think about that in terms of a comparison, yeah, I think action-wise, it's pretty similar. Like the the amount of action sequences, there's more in the Dark Knight, like yeah, for sure. But there wasn't. It wasn't like action from Don't beginning stop. to right. end, right, right? right? We had a yeah. lot of stuff that was just kind of happening like as they were trying to figure out the joker and his motivation like this is there's similar stuff in here yeah for me i would say it's i have it ahead of dark knight rises not quite to the level of dark knight and um as far as it compares to batman begins i think it's it's they're right there they have some similarities in the story maybe a little recency bias i might put this ahead of batman begins there's some things about batman begins that i really like like as tommy said i i really think Batman Begins was good in part because it did focus on Batman and not. He was talking about Dark Knight, but. Oh, he was. I thought. Yeah. I thought he said he had it ahead of Batman Begins. Yeah, he does. He's got it up there with like the Dark Knight. 
anyway, I, I don't think it's quite as good as Dark Knight. That's still the standard for me, but this was phenomenal. Yeah, I um, I have it ahead of uh, Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins, and I put it super close. And I put it super close because of the standout work of the like the villains that were included. Um, you know, for me, Batman Begins, yeah, we had Raza Ghoul and we had Scarecrow, mm -hmm. but, and, and, uh, oh, what's the guy's name that plays Scarecrow? Cause he's in Peaky Blinders. He's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, no, I lost it too, but I can't remember his name. Cillian, he's, he's Cillian a, Murphy. Yeah. Thank you. Cillian Mur Murphy is amazing. That dude's an amazing actor. But that um, character is not nearly as interesting as. As, they didn't as make as him as interesting. Correct. As, right. 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 Yeah. Um, and if we're if we're kind of running through the cast that I think really augmented this one and brought it up, you can't do that without talking about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She's fantastic. Easily the best on-screen Catwoman that we've seen. Hands down. Light years ahead of Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer was given a super weird role to play, but light years ahead of that. And frankly, I liked Anne, Anne Hathaway, but light years ahead of Anne Hathaway too. So Zoe so yeah. Kravitz, to me, really embodied this character of Catwoman, like the ethos, the the um, the physicality, the mm. the gymnastics, the the motivation, the caring about. I mean, she says it like I I can't resist a stray. Yeah, it's another one of the few light moments. You've got a lot of cats. Yeah, yeah, right. You have a lot of cats. Um, I can't resist the straight. I I agree. I, so we talked about this afterwards as well. Um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. We've talked about this. The Batman Returns. It's Tim Burton's second, you know, and only other film making Batman. And Tim Burton, hundred percent, has his style and his yeah. feel to things and. You know, we see that in anything that he does. And I, I, I love Tim Burton and he's done some great stuff. He's done some stuff that I don't care for, you know, that I think was a little bit over the top. Um, Batman Returns, Catwoman had a really weird origin. Like, right. it, yeah, it, none it, of that made sense. And it didn't. Well, I mean, it was a thing, but it there's no connection from that to, you know, comic stories, which is OK. Not everything has to come back to a comic, but. It was a little far out though from that and you know don't get me wrong like whatever when did that come out uh 92 yeah, maybe something like that uh so that would have been like 19 20 year old me thought michelle pfeiffer was looked amazing in the sure. catwoman suit yeah, absolutely but you know the fan in me was like this is weird yeah, it's weird. And then we got after that, we got the Holly Berry Catwoman movie, yeah. which that again matter? was weird and it did a weird or Selena Kyle, was it? Oh, I don't even remember, man. Like, I don't I, and I don't, I don't care to go back and watch right. it. And, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, and I love Holly Berry, like sure, yeah. Um, but man, that was a terrible movie. It was not good. Um, and then. You know, Anne Hathaway, I thought she did a, a better job than anybody before her yeah. as Selena Kyle. But to your point, if we're looking at against like the comic, 
and we're looking about being true to kind of the the character and really nailing and embodying the character that came off the pages zoe kravitz all day every day like just crushed that role absolutely absolutely and i like the relationship like the the burgeoning relationship between the bat and the cat like that's Mm -hmm. i i wish they'd given her a little more to do you know i would have been happy to have her on screen more um develop Mm -hmm. her story more and you know maybe that's a thing they can do in the future but you know i think that was a big piece in helping batman evolve too to like like there are people to care about Mm -hmm. yeah and they had that instant connection and instant attraction and instant care for each other um you know and you saw it like in the scene where she's undercover with him on the in the club like he's just driving her to put herself in danger and right. she like she's like had a couple moments she's like screw you man i'm not doing that like i love that right. she pushes back against him yeah and it showed that like, how strong she is and to, but to your right. point too from earlier her physicality and gymnastics and fearlessness and like her fighting oh man she was great yeah like i mean just absolutely phenomenal and from that first moment when when uh batman's watching her through the binoculars and she like does that flippy move off the the uh the fire escape mm-hmm. yeah like it's right? tone right away and the fire whole fire escape thing like just that's it's such the catwoman vibe like they really i thought really really got that she right. moved with grace yes yes she that's moved correct. with the grace that like you would expect Selena Kyle like to move with. There was nothing that felt jerky or unnatural about the way she moved. And she really did move so smooth and so well. Yeah. Uh, it was a very no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it was a it was the perfect foil for the Batman's brutality. Mm, yes. Good, good. I love that she kept calling him vengeance. Hey, vengeance! What are you gonna do? <laughs> right? Because after he called himself, "I'm vengeance," <laughs> she like she didn't even hear him say that. I don't think, but somehow she picked up on that. I don't remember how she picked up on that, but I just I don't, a great I don't little know. note that every time she referred to him, it was as vengeance. Well, and that you know, early on, it was interesting. He referred to himself as vengeance, and it was clear that he was starting to like. He was he was trying to be fear he was trying to create fear until he's talking to the riddler right and they're in arkham and the riddler starts talking about how he inspired him yeah how batman inspired him his you know they were the same and they were both vengeance and they were both you know taking revenge on the city for all the wrongs that it had done and you saw a level of realization in Batman's face of what have I done? Right. And then it really came home and that in the final fight, which had that great moment of Batman come flying out of the fog, like onto that, onto the Riddler disciple guy. That was terrific. But at the end of that fight, the one remaining Riddler disciple says, what'd you do this for? And he says, vengeance. Yeah. And that stops Batman in his tracks. Like, oh, bleep. Maybe vengeance isn't the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it clearly, like, stopped him in his tracks. Like, yeah. he just stopped moving. And you saw the, in it, 
and it reflected in his next couple moments, right? right? And his next I'm going to go moments. out in the day and I'm going to help people. And well, and you saw like how afraid the, the mayor and, and some of her staff were of him when he was trying right. to come out of the water. Until the little kid, yeah, right? The, the little kid who's the mayor's son, right? Um, it was the mayor's son. Okay. Oh, uh, right, right, right. The, the, uh, the former mayor. The, yeah, the yeah, former yeah. mayor. That the, was the murdered mayor. mayor. Yeah. It was, it was his son. And Batman's holding out his hand, trying to get the current mayor, like the mayor-elect, to come with him. And yeah. the little kid steps out of the, the back and takes his hand. Yeah. And, you know, that triggered everybody else doing it. But yeah, everybody was terrified of him. People were, like, he wasn't, the police hated him. For sure. Right. A great too that every single time he shows up, the police are like, "What are you doing here? Why are we letting this happen?" Mm -hmm. It wasn't like in in the other stuff that we've seen where it's like, you know, everybody was accepting of him and was glad he was there and he was helping out. And sure, Gordon was, yeah, hundred percent. But this was a very different thing. And then at the end, well, you know, before the end, when they found the thing underneath the rug the police officer who had always given him such a hard time martinez martinez right was like oh hey you know like talking to him and it was it was interesting to see to go from the beginning of the movie where it was just brutal hardcore nobody likes him nobody's sure really what he's about he's doesn't seem to care about anything other than like vengeance yes right yes. to that to that point yeah the mission like he doesn't care about being bruce wayne he doesn't care about losing all of his money right he's, yeah he's like literally this is to alfred yeah and then the end when he realizes he has to be more yeah like he can't just be this destructive vigilante that goes through without you know thinking of the city he has a responsibility to those he cares about and he cares about the city right and yet similar to what we talked about at the end of peacemaker where like he had a chance to kind of pick a different way Mm -hmm. and he had to stick with the mission in the end he's got a chance to to go off with selena decides to choose the mission over his own right. personal happiness which is a difficult choice to make and you can critique that if you want but it's true to the character right it tracks with everything we know he's not going to walk away from anything yeah you know and we've seen in the comics like the loss that he has experienced and the choices that he's had to make and walk away from the people that he's had to walk away from um to be able to continue doing what he needs to do to keep Gotham safe for everybody that lives there. Right. And that's true to the story as it usually goes between the bat and the cat that they come together and then they get pushed apart and mm-hmm. they come together and they, you know, something drives them apart again that, you know, it's setting up that the possibility for that uh, relationship to continue in that way. I mean, I'm, I got to think we haven't seen the last of Catwoman. Yeah, no, there's, sure there's no way. There's no way we've seen a lot of Catwoman. I, I, and if we have, that would be a tragedy. Yes. Uh, epic proportions. Um, let's talk about it. So 
there's the piece at the end where Riddler's in Arkham. Mm-hmm. And somebody's and, in Arkham with him. Yeah, right? So interesting, before we dive into who's in Arkham with him, it was really interesting to see, like, they had, this had been happening for so long that Batman had been doing this long enough to have put other well-known characters that we know and love in Arkham. Yeah. Right? So we're not going to, like, get reintroduced to somebody. We were just shown, hey. And uh, and it was clear from the profile and the way that he spoke and the, you know, the little bit that we got to see of his face, the person in the cell next to the Riddler was the Joker. Yes. Interestingly, his, uh, his official IMDb, uh, Barry Kogan plays Unseen Arkham Prisoner. <laughs> but we all know anybody that's seen the movie you know who it is yes and the fact that it's barry keoghan who if people aren't sure right the name doesn't ring familiar or maybe it does but you can't place it he was druid in the eternals right uh he's been in he was in dunkirk um he's he's a really good actor who's been in a number of things and and um, while Matt Reeves is saying, hey, it doesn't mean you're going to get the Joker in the sequel. It doesn't mean we're going to do anything with that. We're just, you know, we just did it to establish the fact that like, hey, this exists. I, he's like, it wasn't an Easter egg. It wasn't a hint. It wasn't, you know, any of those things. But I can't imagine you bring in somebody of the caliber of Barry Hogan. For just hand a two minute throwaway right a two minute throwaway especially and and we talked about this the little side profile that we got was the most comics accurate side profile we've seen in so long with the scar and you can see everything kind of pulled back but he also had the fade hair and the crazy top right i just and he says the riddle me this line (laughs) yep yeah, because potentially Paul Dano's character is losing his mind. Yeah, yeah, right. He's he's losing it, and and the Joker's like, "Don't cry." It's like, "Don't do that. Don't let them win." Riddle me this, and then he he gives him the riddle of you know, I, I can't remember how it goes. I what it was either, but right, it's like what what do you have when you have one like or something whatever? But the answer was a friend, mm. right. And Paul Dano's character starts laughing and there's, you know, they start laughing together and it's, you know, you have a friend. Um, I would love, love, love to see them do, and it, I guess it got pushed. There was talk of doing it and it maybe it got pushed, but I'd love to see them do an Arkham show on like HBO Max. That would be fascinating. Yeah, I thought that was the one that was happening. That they push, they they're not doing the the Gotham Police Department thing, right? They're not doing okay. Yeah, they're not doing. The Gotham doing Police they are doing some sort of Arkham show, like sort of horror style Arkham show. Yeah, Arkham which Asylum. that'd be so cool if they do it. Because it, there's so many insane, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scarecrow, if done right, could be really phenomenal. You've got Two Face, uh, you know, all these 
all these other characters that are very classic band up in Arkham. Um, but the other interesting thing about this, there are so many rumors going into this that would they try and tie uh, this Batman into the Joaquin Phoenix Joker universe and bring them together? And, and now it's we very clear. Yeah. No, and Matt Reeves said very clearly, he's like, we have we had no intention of doing it. We had right. no intention of bridging that. So now we're in an interesting spot where we have like multiple DC, like <laughs> right. And this has been our problem it. with DC. Something again we talked about last episode. DC's got like seven universes going and not in the like good fun multiverse way. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's so so confusing you know so how does that so that joker is completely standalone and this batman standalone and neither one of them are tied into the black adam shazam universe with aquaman and all that that got pushed back right that was big news since we talked we just talked about all this last week and since then they've announced that shazam is moving up black adam is moving back a little bit i think to october shazam's moving up to december and Flash and Aquaman are moving to 2023. Right. It was so weird. Yeah. The only thing I can think is they want to put Black Adam and Shazam kind of back to back and connect those somehow. Yeah. I, I'm almost wondering if it's they're now looking at Black Adam as like a, a tent pole to build a new DC universe around. Could be with the introduction of like the other characters that are going to come into it from because you could set up like a Justice League that's very different with Black Adam as the you know maybe like the Superman position or maybe it's you know Shazam in the Superman position and you've got you know whatever maybe they're doing that maybe they're going to dark thing maybe with uh, Doctor Dark I don't know I don't as we've said before it's it's hard to trust them to have a good long term vision. Yeah. But maybe they should give it all to Matt Reeves because this was terrific. I think it's pretty obvious, yeah. but in our patented uh, Coffee and Capes rating system, John, what did you give? The I Matt was totally overwhelmed. Like, Absolutely. what a phenomenal movie. Like, hand Matt Reeves the keys to the future of Batman. And as far as I'm concerned, to your point, like, they should give him, like, Hey, what characters do you want? Do you want to do a Superman movie? And you know, could you do that and lighten it up and bring yeah. in a much yeah. younger? It'd be interesting like, to see. Could he go the other way with it? You know, could hard. he do? Could he do a hopeful, bright colored? Because it'd have to be. Yeah, because we've yeah. done the Doctor Superman and it didn't did not work at all. No, but I would like to see Henry Cavill get a shot at being hopeful, happy Superman. Absolutely, his physical presence, like. Anyway, Dave, what about you? Oh, absolutely overwhelmed. As you can tell from the way we're gushing about this movie, you need to see it if you haven't. It's really, really so very good. Um, great detective story, great noir look and feel. Um, great non-origin story, but setting yeah, up. You. It's not the origin, but it's setting up kind of his beginning and why he does what he does. Yeah. Yeah, they did a nice job without like diving back into the well of oh now we got to tell the origin again. It was like, and and we didn't even touch on you know the spin that they put on Bruce and Martha, right? With Martha being from Arkham. Yeah, sorry, Thomas and Martha. Yeah, right. With 
Martha being from the Arkham family and having a history of mental illness and Thomas running for mayor and getting killed, but like Falcone murdering the reporter and saying Thomas hired him to do it. And yeah, there's right. so much, right. so much right. more there that we, we didn't even touch on. But we guys, I, on, on Gordon either. I thought Jeffrey Wright was terrific as Gordon. Jeffrey Wright was phenomenal as Gordon. He's, he's got gravitas. I liked the relationship between he and Batman. That was so good. I, I like him as an actor a whole lot. Oh, absolutely. Like a whole, yeah. whole, whole lot. Um, so guys, it, you know, go see it. Like 100%. I'm going to go see it with uh, our, our friends, Brian and Nick, actually, tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I know you can't I can go see there. it again. But uh, my son, we saw it with uh, with my son, and he saw it again the next day with his buddies. Like it's, Did he really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so good. I mean, I'll go see it a third time. So when you're ready to go see it, like, I'm yeah, hands absolutely. down um and maybe no, maybe like no go ahead oh i was just gonna say we we'll have to see what brian and nick think about it and and bring some of that in yeah um anyway well, tell us what you think what did, did you see it what did you think uh what did you like what what did, where did you think it missed where you know always as always uh let us know what what we got wrong here you know where we want to hear we want to hear different perspectives so um we look forward to your comments and maybe you too will show up in fan fiction one day. You say you too or YouTube? <laughs> I'll leave that to you day. to decide. There we go. All right, everybody. Thanks for journeying with us yet again. Um, to connect with us in all the socials and, uh, and all the podcast ways and check out coffeeandcapes.com for our launch page. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, true believers, bye. Bye, guys.